worship. He's a great God. He's our Father, Elohim. Wherever you are, lift up your voice and give him all the worship. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, oh God. There's none that can be compared unto your name. We exalt your name. We lift you up high on high on high. We bow before your name. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. We bow before your name, O God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, O God. We worship
Not really.
can be compared unto your name. None can be compared unto your name. We bow before your name, O oh God. We exhort you. We worship your name. We worship your name. We worship you, O oh God. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So we have a decree to go through, and I'm going to say it, and you're going to repeat it after me. And we'll have a moment to enter into prayer, a short time of prayer. Amen. And we stand on our feet. This is for Righteous Nation Ministry, and it's a righteous decree. My never again list. So two says, never again will I confess lack. Never again will I For my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. For my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. In glory through Jesus Christ. In glory through Jesus Christ. The fourth one says, Never again will I confess doubt and lack. Never again will I confess doubt and lack. Of faith, for God dealt, for God dealt to every man the measure of faith. For God dealt with every man the measure of faith. Amen. So now we have some confessions and uh, uh, prayers, and you could speak in tones for a minute or two. The first one says, the word of God dwells in me richly, in all wisdom. Therefore, I'm, I'm glorious, discerning, discreet, perceptive, and prudent. I exude wisdom and the sound judgment. I make accurate judgments and decisions. For the word propels me from within in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stand on this and pray. Shall we open our mouths and pray? Lay under the bazi, do ya mama lay under the bar. In a non sevara de bosh, la cara da bozi under the bar. She stole ya mama lay under the bar. The word of God dwells in me richly. In all wisdom, lay cara da bazi under the bar. Si 
For the word propels oh, me with da, 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 Amen. Let's keep praying.
We have come to love you. We have come to love you. We have come to love you. Oh, we have come to love you. Father, we are grateful. We are grateful. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give praise to God for life. So let's make a quick correction. Last week we were talking about the donkey, right? That the chief servant of Abraham asked to go get a wife. And then he prayed and said what? The will come out and um, offer to give me, yeah. They were not camels. They were not donkeys. They were camels. According to Genesis 24. We hear you, teacher. And uh, Apostle, uh, and there were ten camels, ten camels, and usually on the normal level, a camel could drink like thirty-two gallons of water at the time. If the camel would really want to drink, it can go like fifty-two gallons, and there were ten. So let's just make it 30, 30 gallons per camel. You see, and there were ten camels. So how many gallons of water did she offer to the camels to drink? 30 times 10. Yeah, 300. So you can see that it took hours, you know, to feed. That, that, that guy's prayer was wild. It was wild. I'm trying to move on from the flexibility preaching, but just to make sure if... You know this story, then I can move on. If you don't know it, then we have to look at it. Good to see you, Christy. So we will look at it. Um, you heard that God asked Moses to stretch for the road to the rock when the people of Israel wanted water to drink. Have you heard of that story? And instead of stretching it, he got mad and he struck the rock. You realize that? And do you know what that rock was? That rock represented something or somebody. I mean, whatever is in your mind, you can say it. I just want to make sure you know that story. Because that is what caused Moses from not entering into the promised land. That inflexibility at that time. Because he allowed his emotions to overtake the best part of him. He could not. God still honored him when he died, when he asked him to go die. Because the Bible said when Angel Gabriel, Michael, went to pick up the body. You know, nobody knows where Moses was buried. But according to, was it Jude? 
uh, or Habakkuk, the angel Michael went to take the body of Moses and then Satan also appeared and said, this guy disobeyed God, his dead body is mine. And the Bible said the angel told him, may the Lord rebuke you. And then he took the dead body of Moses and we don't know where um, they buried him. But still God honored him just that for all these years, you know, God took 40 years extra to prepare Moses. He would have had the journey on at the age of 40, but that was when he, he thought he could personally, because he was also a trained soldier in the house of Pharaoh, he thought he could use his own military skills to rescue the people. And then he started killing them one by one. He killed the first one, and then they all got to know it, and they didn't, they didn't get him. Even his own people were not happy about it. And when he realized that he's been found, you know, he ran away. He ran away, and God, Moses was that hard. He was very inflexible, and it took God 40 years extra to get Moses to get prepared. So when God showed himself in the burning bush, that was his 80th, his 40th year in training, but he was 80 years old. Inflexibility is hard, and God finds it very difficult to even be able to bless us the way he wants to bless us, you know. And it was really not an easy thing. He ran away, was in the wilderness, and how did he get to even meet his wife, um, Zipporah, was just because he fought for them. There were women trying to, you know, do stuff, and other guys were trying to harass them. And he stepped in and fought. And then they went to tell their father that we saw a guy. He really helped us. He said, bring him in. And that was how Moses got to stay with them and then married her. And she, he had to learn how to take care of the sheep. He was taking care of sheep for 40 years just to understand dynamics, <laughs> to understand you know, how to control emotions because you see a sheep trying to run out. You have to leave the rest and go and oh, it was a lot. He learned how to tame sheep and how to care. That was when God says he was ready. And even that, it was a battle between him and God when he was telling God, look, me, I, I, I stammer, I can't go. And God said, Aaron will come. And Aaron came along and after all this struggle, and they were you know, on the wilderness journeying to Canaan for extra 40 years. It's, it's, it's wild. You know, that journey could have taken a, long, a short time because, but God also had to train the people of Israel. And he couldn't go to the land because, you know, it is wild. That's from Numbers 20. Do we have to read it? Okay, let's get it quickly. And move on with it, since you don't really know a lot about it. Numbers chapter 20 from verse 2 to 13 from the NKJV. Hopefully I got it right. Numbers 20. Thank you for that beautiful worship. I wish we were still worshiping. Yep, and then I think the... Declaration segment was also nice. People are doing well. All right, let's have you. N Numbers chapter 20, verse 2 to 13 from the NKJV. Mm -hmm. 
Now there was no water for the congregation, hmm. so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Can you imagine? <laughs> Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into, those, into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? So, sorry. You realize what was causing the anger in Moses? It was from the people. <laughs> it is not a place of grain or figs or vines mm. or pomegranate, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield it water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses, Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. <laughs> <laughs> the old guy was mad. <laughs> Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Mm. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and the animals drank. Mm. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Because you did not believe me mm. to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, yeah. therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I had given them. Yeah. This, was, this was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hollow against them. Amen. Thank you. So, the words of the people got him mad. And even though he was in the presence of God and God told him what to do, himself and who Aaron, he still got out from the presence of God mad. You see how far this thing can go. I mean, who goes into the presence of God and still comes out mad? Like he was mad that God was not mad at the people. God should have said, look, the people are just disturbing us. Moses, this time, let's finish them. But for God to say, oh, give them water, the rock. He got mad, came out and they called him and said, must we give you water to drink out of this rock? Must we? The people got him mad. The best part of him was, because God had testified about Moses that he was the meekest man on earth. But he moved in a second from meekest to maddest. Yeah, so he couldn't get there. And the main reason why we find God getting so mad with Moses, not just because he didn't hallow him before the people, but there was a mystery to it. Let's just check that mystery and then move on from today's First uh, Corinthians chapter 10. I am one and a song. From verse 1 to verse 5. Okay. First Corinthians 10, 1 to 5. 
Yes. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, mm. all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. Mm -hmm. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, mm -hmm. and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Amen. Right. Thank you. What was the rock? Christ. It was Christ. God got so mad. It was Christ. He struck Christ twice. Yeah. Jesus told the Samaritan uh, Sam woman when he asked her, to give her to drink. And she said, you are a Jew. I'm a Samarian. I'm a Samari Samarian here. And you ask me for a drink. And you don't even have a cup or whatever to drink. And then Jesus said, if you knew who stood before you to ask of drink, you would have asked me to give you water that you will never be, ever be thirsty. Because he's always been the man giving the living water. And when God said, Touch the rock and water will come. He struck the rock twice. And the Bible says that Jesus was supposed to hang on the cross once. Why do you strike him twice? So kind of telling him that you got to be on the cross again. I'm striking you twice. But it was supposed to be once. So he broke a lot of spiritual protocol and instructions because of his inflexibility at that time. And what actually made him flexible was that he was emotional with what the people did. And he could not get to where God wanted him to get to. Imagine God telling you, get on the mountain, you see Canaan, and it was right ahead of them. Said, you are not going. Hand over to Joshua and you die. Yeah. So you always have to watch out. You always have to watch out. And when you get to that stage, the presence of God does not mean anything to you. It does not mean anything to you. Sometimes you wonder why Human beings, according to the Bible, God will get so mad that he even wants to kill people. And he killed people when he was mad. Ordinary human beings got, got, got mad. And he was ready to strike them. Do you know why? Because of love. Nobody ever gets broken hearted unless the person has fallen in love before. Isn't it true? Somebody who has never been in love before has no problem with broken heart. But the moment you love somebody, you realize that, pew, that thing hurts. And that is why human beings could get God so mad. <laughs> because of, number one, he knew the plans he had for them. And number two, he loved them because he made them. And then they would go against him and he would go so mad and open the earth and swallow them up. And sometimes he will prophesy and Tell them, I'm going to destroy your generations, whatever. But if you repent, I will forgive you. 
That is why we find it so hard because God should have, could have just told Moses, be careful of the rock, okay? As Jesus. But he couldn't tell him as Jesus because he, he didn't know who Jesus was. And you know, he didn't have to tell him what the rock represents before he could be careful. He just had to follow the instructions. But it cost him. It cost him. Sometimes, when you're praying, not only about demons, but pray about this flexibility and inflexibility thing. It's something you really have to make it number one in, on, your, on your prayer list. Because it has a lot to do with our blessings. It does. It does. When I started this working, some of the guys started complaining, you know, telling me this supervisor is like that, this person is like that, and one other guy was just, I mean, everybody will let you know they know stuff and whatever. And as time is going on, you begin to see what they are saying, right? And most of them go through the their shift mad. Others say, I won't talk, I'm just, and they are some way. You see, one, one guy said he can't take it anymore. He, has, he wants to go for a different interview and move out because um, a supervisor is playing favoritism. And I've, I mean, it's, it's very clear, it's very obvious. But you know what I said to him? I said, see, in every family, we have people like that. So take it like this, a family that is like that. Forget it. He said, no, 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 no. But another funny thing, where you think you want to go, do you know the situation there? So you always just have to make up your mind that there's always a storm and I have to move through that storm. It's always like that. It's always like that. That is why you find out that investing in your spirit is a precious and a very serious thing you have to do for yourself. <laughs> you understand? Investing in your spirit. Do you know what I mean by investing in your spirit? Feeding your spirit the right information. You understand? And making your spirit grow in the wisdom of the Lord is an investment you can really bless yourself with. Yes. Remember, if you never did it, but I, I, I did it before. When you were kids, we were kids. You see the tree there, we will, we will hit the tree. If we had cane or belt, whatever, we would hit the tree. We would take out leaves. We would destroy the leaves. We were playing with them. But the tree never spoke to us like, hey, <laughs> you know, or reacted or bent over or did something. The tree was just still there. We, we would destroy the leaves. After a few times, we go there, the leaf, fresh leaves are back. You see animals like birds destroying the fruits. We will even destroy some of the fruit. But you go there and then fresh fruits. 
And I mean, think about it. Shouldn't the tree complain to God because the Bible says and the trees will clap their hands at his coming. So they, they recognize God because he made them. But why do you go and sometimes the marks on the trees will be there but the leaves will still be fresh and fruit will be fresh. But the marks are still on the trees. Sometimes they are used for the backs of the trees are used for medicine, right? So you go take some, some of the back, come and, you know, boil them and drink them as medicine and all that. And then that scar will be there huge on the tree. But still, it's producing fruit. Why is that possible? It's because of the order. This is what the tree is supposed to do. And that is why when Jesus wanted fruit from the fig tree and didn't get it, all the Bible says that, and it was not the season for the fig tree to bear fruit. But Jesus still wanted fruit. Have you read of that portion of the scripture? And God, Jesus cursed the fruit and said, the tree and said, from today no man shall eat of your fruit. And Peter took notice. When they went on the mission and were coming back, Peter said, wait, this is the tree he cursed. See, it's dead. So you may say, oh, um, this is when I check my life, this is not a timing for this thing. You get it? Or this is not, I don't think it's the right time. But the one who made you, <clears throat> whether in your season or out of your season, wants you to bear fruit all the time. When, when they tell you at, at school, we have quiz today. We have an exam today. You tell them, see, according to my, my calendar, I, 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 I didn't prepare for this one. It's not a time that I have to learn this one. So can you postpone the, this time? And then the school will tell you, yes, ma'am. Would they not do the quiz and leave you behind? <laughs> Unless like you have some excuse, you know, I'm suffering depression and uh, they'll say, okay, you can take yours or whatever, but you still have to take it. Mostly you have to take it. So even ordinarily in our lives, there are things expected of us, ready or not. How much with God? You see, how much with God? You can pray the whole prayer and shake the whole heavens but if you are not seasonal in his presence, seasonal in the kingdom, there's a problem. There is a problem. Oh, yes. He told Abraham, Sarah will give birth according to the process of time. Bible said, and Sarah standing at at the door of the tent, said in her heart, my Lord, being old, and me, being dead in my womb, buried the child. And she laughed in himself. And the Bible says, and the Lord, you know, three men visited Abraham. Two were angels, one was the Lord, but they all presented like men. Turned and saw Sarah and said, why did you laugh? Because he heard her in her mind. And she said, I didn't laugh. The Lord didn't challenge. He said, but you laughed. And then he left it. 
He didn't say anything. He left it. And it would have been very possible that Sarah would not have had a pregnancy if not for Abraham. It is very possible. <laughs> it is very possible. So, training your spirit it is something that will help you flow with the Lord. Because look, there are things you pray for, you think you need them. And God looks at you and knows the season you are in and the right answer you need. But you didn't pray about that one. Because he didn't know it. But because you flow with him and then you are ready to bear fruit to him at any time, at any season, he himself works it out for you. He himself. That's what the Bible says that they that delight themselves in the Lord, he grants them their heart desires. He grants them. So they didn't, he, he gave it to them. Because they delight themselves in the Lord. And the best example is David. <laughs> it's David. Now the Lord showed me a mystery about David when he was giving me what to talk about when, uh, when you meet for the team um, um, service or the team meeting. And when I saw what he said, I'm like, I was like, seriously? Seriously? <laughs> God, is, God is something else, I tell you. The best thing you can do is to train yourself for him. Train yourself for him. Not for anybody. Not for anybody. For him. Seriously. Not for, for any. Look, when was that? I was very sleepy. Then that was Monday. Yes, I think it was Monday. I was very sleepy and then I sensed the presence of the Lord and he said, go to your desk. So I said, all right. I had my tablet and my whatever in the bedroom. So I was like, can we do it here? But I knew the answer. So I got up. <laughs> and then he was showing me some powerful things. I kept writing and writing and writing some powerful things. And I got to a point he told me, what I'm going to say to you, don't write it. And he started talking. And he's my witness. I'm telling you this. I couldn't sit in the chair anymore. I had to go down on the carpet. Because as he was speaking, his love rushed through me. I couldn't sit. When Paul said, I pray for you, that for you to understand the height and the width and the depth of the love of Christ. Man, it's huge. The search of the love. Saying the things he was saying. Oh boy. I can tell you this. Maybe nothing is working for you. There are people like that. Maybe nothing is working for you. Just prepare yourself for him. Maybe nothing is working. 
You just train yourself for him. Telling you the truth. Then the Bible says that he makes all things beautiful in his time. But we are trying to also make things beautiful in our time. And maybe that time we are trying to make things beautiful is not in his time yet. So you, you are limited in how far you can go with your mind. You are limited in how far you can go with your own strength. You, we are all limited in our capacities and abilities to do stuff. But when you are for him, it's a different case. When you are for him, how do you feel that among all your, your siblings, you, you have a different appearance? That's David. David was an, an, how do you pronounce it? Abino? Is that how you say it here? He was an Abino. So the feeling of an outcastness was in him. And then with all his brothers, he was the youngest and was asked to take care of the sheep. How could he do it? He was the youngest. And he will be in the bush for a long time. Not even feeling to come home because he didn't fit in. In his own blood, he didn't fit in. So, he learned how to make strings of guitar. He could make ten strings. And then when, when he saw how he was caring for the sheep, he started thinking how God cared for him. And then he would come out with a song. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Because he knew how he was fighting even for the sheep. He didn't know he was training himself for the Lord. He just thought he was loving the Lord. And most of the times he would be singing these songs and then the sheep would sleep. And then he would find huge beasts coming after his sheep, the lamb, and then you have to fight the beast to take out the lamb from the mouth of the beast. He didn't know that was training. He should have complained. Why am I the youngest in my family? I'm the last born, and look at me on this, on, on this wilderness in the bush, and I'm fighting lions, and I'm fighting bears. Why does my father hate me like this? So my mother doesn't even have compassion for me. No, he did it, and he will sing unto the Lord. He didn't know. Until when Saul, and listen, God chose Saul and he knew he would mess up. He knew it. And when Saul messed up, he said, take your horn, go to the house of Jesse. I have me a king. How, was, how, old, was, how, how old was the guy? Probably 17 years. 17 years. And gave himself. And God testified about David. And said this is the man. After my own heart. He is the man after my heart. God has never said that, that statement about anybody on this earth. Until the time of David. The other person that we know. That worked with God and walked with God so long was Enoch. He walked with God for 300 years. I would say, and he was not. That means he was missing. Yeah. But we, we don't find 
records of God speaking about Enoch like that. We don't find it. And when you read the book of Enoch, you saw the powerful things God used Enoch for. This is a human being who read God's judgment upon angels. Angels that stood against the order of God. Yeah. He was that guy. I don't know what matters to you in this life. Okay? But I can assure you, if you will let the Lord be what matters to you most, you will see life in a different definition. Honestly. But hey, he will test you. Bible says God tries our hearts. When you are growing in the presence of the Lord and in the things of God, you will realize that most of the things we were told growing up are actually for those who really haven't gone into a certain stage. Most of the things we were told, even the preachings and personal one-on-one -on -one encounters, and they will tell you a lot of stuff. They will tell you a lot of stuff. These are principles. These are things you have to do. Be careful. This is all those things are, are, are nice. But when you are growing in the Lord, you realize that, hmm, it's a different game. It's a different game. It is a different game. Honestly. You see that God's system is a deep. That's why he says that as the heavens are far from the earth, so are my ways. Because you can't, you can't bring home these thoughts of what God is trying to do. It's, it's, it's wild. And the more you are limited in your flow and in your heart, he's not able to tell you deep things. And the things you don't know are the things that fight you. Not even demons. I'm honestly telling you this, that you, got, you get to a time and a level, you realize that it's not about demons. You know why? Because God can bring you to a certain level that you begin to even use demons. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh boy. There was a time, there's a, there's a, there's a realm like that. Paul knew it and he said, this guy, did this thing. He says, I have handed him over to Satan for, for him to deal with him until he realizes that he made a big mistake. Didn't you see it in the Bible before? I think I even said it here before. Hmm. Me lost every day. Um, where is it? Hmm. First Timothy. Verse 20. You can start from 19. First Timothy 1 20 from First Timothy 1 19 and 20. Both said that I yeah. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Mm. Having faith and a good conscience, mm. which some have which some having rejected concerning the fate have suffered shipwreck, of mm -hmm. whom are him. Yeah, Jimenos. Yeah. 
Hymenaeus and Alexander, yeah. whom I delivered to Satan, <laughs> that they may learn not to blaspheme. A man says, I have handed these guys to Satan so they will learn how not to blaspheme. Can you do that? Maybe the TPT? A man talks like this. Oh boy. First Timothy 1, 19, 20. Hmm. Okay, just read them all. So, Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility mm -hmm. in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken unto your life mm. and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, mm. in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith <laughs> and with a clean conscience. Just, just a minute, sorry. He was telling Timothy to wage warfare by the prophecies given to him. I thought it's the enemy that brings the warfare. Why is he now bring, taking the war to the enemy? Why? It's a level. That's why a lot of Christians are praying and they're praying against the war that the enemy is bringing to them, right? He's bringing the enemies to destroy my marriage. Whatever the enemies do, against my this, against my that, right? Because that is the, that is the, that is the general idea and the conception that the devil always bring the fight to you. Now he tells his son, by the prophecies we gave you, you start the war. <laughs> Wage the war. You start it. Not the enemy bringing it to you. You start it. You see the levels. When I am praying, it's a different thing. It is like this one. You, you, you take the walk to his camp. <laughs> it's not him trying to create the atmosphere for you and him to fight. And then you are trying to pray and destroy his works. Those are the babies. Those are, those are what we were taught. These are things we were taught. And as you grow with him and in him, he now shows you, you can actually start the war. And then, if he brings any war to you, you choose which one to fight. Do you understand? We should have a yearning to be there like that. And then what happened? Oh boy. For there are many who reject these virtues and now mm -hmm. destitute of true faith, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. such as Jimenez and Alexander, who yeah. have fallen away. I have delivered them both over to Satan to be rid <laughs> of them and to teach them no longer blasphemy. Amen. So you were told that God and Satan are enemies. Jesus hates Satan, right? So they have nothing to do. You also hate them. And if you're growing up, I love Jesus, I hate Satan. I love Jesus. And then Paul says, these two guys who made shipwreck of their faith, Hermenus and Alexander, he, Paul, 
delivered them to say and to treat them and teach them how not to blaspheme. How can a human being have that order to do that? You should say he's blaspheming. But it's real. Bible says all things being the principalities and powers and dominions were made through Jesus for him and in him. Including all what? Principalities and powers. So if they were made in him and for him and through him and the Bible says that if any man be in Christ he's a new creation. What are these demons and principalities and powers to us? They are for us. Do you get it? They are for us. That's why Jesus said, in my name, you cast out devils. You cast them out. If they are disturbing, you cast them out. But he didn't say kill them or bind them because the time is coming where Satan himself and all his people will be bound into eternal fire, lake of fire. But he hasn't done it yet. So why do we have some people lead church members to pray? Every spirit describe my marriage die. And then they waste one hour praying that prayer and you know it's not answered. Maybe uh, uh, there's, a, there's a person in the family manipulating people and the person dies but the craft is still alive. That spirit is not dead. All that the, the witch will do is hand over. And when the witch is hand over, you are on the wheel. <laughs> so if the witch is hand over, you see, Menu, he's the one that caused this body to die. Finish the job. So you'll be praying the same prayer, fighting the same battles throughout your life. And it's a plot of waste. You realize that you can get to a level you are giving the devil job to do. How did you get there? You trained yourself. You invested in yourself. I don't know how you do it, but I admire you a lot to live your life without knowing what is happening in heaven. <laughs> without knowing what God wants you to do or what God is saying. Without having God bring you mysteries. You, you guys do well, I tell you. How, how do you do it? You try, pa. Because <laughs> I don't know how I will live without those things he tells me. And the, and, the, and, the, and the presence he brings. I don't know how to live without it. I don't know how to live without it. And one of the one of my assignments is to bring your people into such an environment that is if they are willing. Because not everybody who goes to school is willing to go. He, the person was forced to go to school. So it's not everybody that is listening to the word of God really wants to make anything out of it. It depends on your, your, your heart. That's why Jesus said, I healed 10 people why are you the only one coming to thank me? 
He didn't have an answer for him. So he said, go. Show yourself to the priest. You are made whole. There's a difference between healing and wholeness. And he made the guy whole. But the Lord will try your heart a lot of times. And some of the tryings don't make sense. They don't make sense. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. They don't make sense. But all you should be able to do is to be able to design that this thing I should be careful. Yeah. At every step of hardship or every step of controversy in your life or every step of confusion you need to wait a minute and walk your way out of it with a lot of victory. Because you don't know if it is the Lord that is trying your heart. He brought a challenge to Satan and said, have you seen my servant Job? Have you seen him? In the whole wide world, on all the earth, he is the meekest. Have you seen him? They made an argument about Job. And he says, all right, go, touch him. Don't touch his soul, but touch everything that you can touch. He will stand for me. So you don't know that this thing that is happening to you, this confusion, whatever is happening, your name came up in a discussion. You wouldn't know. Because God strikes our hearts. And he will never stop it. He will never stop it. And you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know how, when he's doing, you wouldn't know. Yeah, one, one, one day he told me, look, my body was tired. My spirit was tired. Then he said, I took you through all that. And you did not fail me. I will bless you. That's what he said. And I said, so all these, they were all from you? <laughs> oh boy. And when he says, it was from me and I'm going to bless you, it doesn't mean that's the end of it. Because the higher you go, the complicated or how the, the, the testing or the trial became more complicated. It becomes more complicated. It, it becomes more hard. More hard, more difficult. Sometimes, I feel like a stranger to myself. I don't know if you've had that feeling. Sometimes, I look at myself. I look at things God has said. I look into the visions. And I, I am like a stranger to myself. Many times. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is war. It is war. Right? It is war. I feel like a stranger to myself. And I, I can't I can find my, my bearings. And I go through the things that I have written from the Lord. And I look at them. I'm like, oh dear Lord. What is going on here? And you hear nothing. You hear him not. He speaks not. He's quiet on you. And you are... If you bring yourself to a doubt, 
act in a second, he failed. One time I was driving the night. Thoughts ran through my mind about the ministry. I was almost like letting things go from my, my heart. And then I will get into the word of God. You know, Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? He's able to, you know, descend into the intents of the heart. He's able to get into the bone and the marrow and the soul and the spirit and put a sand and all these things. And then I was thinking, I said, no, I refuse to let go my faith. I refuse to let go the words God told me. And all of a sudden, a stream of doubt rushed through me. And guess what? All around the car, demons of doubt all around the car as I was driving. It became heavy to drive. The road, everything was... I said, what? What are these? That's why you should say in the name of Jesus, get out, right? But no. You, I couldn't say it. Because they didn't bring it outside of my soul. They brought it inside as my thoughts were divided. Bible says in the book of James, let no man think of himself to receive anything from the Lord if he has a double mind. Then I just said to myself, if the Lord is a liar, I believe in his lies. Oh yes. I rather want to believe in the, in the Lord's lies than to doubt him. Down to, down to fight him with doubts and unbelief. Then they began to leave the car one by one. One by one. Like the Bible says, when Jesus prayed and said, not my will, but your will, the angels came to strengthen him. That's what happened. You don't know to what limits the Lord will test you. You know to what limit? I wish we would, we would know, but we, we can't know. But the best thing to do is allow the Holy Spirit to always guide you. Yeah. I can't work in a day without having something spiritual enter into me. I can't. Somebody will Get you mad. Your own spiritual, your soul will go through things. I, I, it's like a medication to me. Is either a song or preachings, whatever it is. I need my mind to be programmed. Every day you need it. Every day you need your mind to be programmed in the direction of the Lord. Every day you need it. I tell you the truth. You need it every day. You need your mind to go in a channel towards the Lord. Nothing more. That's all you can say. Nobody can steal my day. Nobody can waste my day. Because if you don't do it, a lot of people within a second can waste your entire day. And you can't have it back. 
Never let a day go without being spiritual. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. When Jesus told Peter, this thing you said is a revelation from my father. Because he asked them, who do you say I am? And only Peter could say he was the son of God, the Messiah. And he says, upon this work I'll build my church. Few verses later, he looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Get behind me. Why? Few verses ago, Peter's mind was on the Lord. After that, the focus changed. He didn't become Satan. He got possessed. Satan spoke through him to the Lord as if he was showing love to Jesus. He says, as long as I live, you will never die. How can Peter say this to Jesus? The main reason why he came was to die. He says, I gave my life. I lay it down. And Peter said, Lord, as your main man, I tell you, it's like in our days, we say, Wallahi, you are not going to let you die. And as a leader, or as whatever it is, you should be happy, right? Oh, Peter, he's a, right, he's a good guy. No, 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 no. He saw through him, said that was a Satan talking. Why? Because if Peter was in the right sense of mind and the, and the right guy at that time, he will support the vision. Because that was the thing. He's been telling them all this while. He even told them, you see this temple, I will break it down and build it up in three days. Talking about his death. He told them a lot of things. I have to die. He told them, it's expedient for you that I go. That I'll pray the Father to send you the comfort. They knew all these things. And when he was talking about his death with Peter, who just got revelation, it's like he's talking the details with him. Now that you know who I am and you know all these things, let's, let me talk. Talk about my death and tell you things. No, he said, me, as I live, over my dead body will do that. If you don't descend well, you won't with the wrong people. Yeah, because sometimes the right people can even get possessed. That's what I'm telling you. Every day you have, you should let something enter you to help you focus on the Lord. Because you can easily come out of your spirituality and be as carnal as anything as the devil leads you to. I told you, he can create an environment of battle for you. And you must choose your war. That one, you shouldn't choose it. Paul says, casting out imaginations. Casting out imaginations. All the time, we have weapons. And that is the word of God. And the spirit of God has given us that ability to discern to know Ha, ah, the devil is taking over me. Thoughts. Thoughts. Look, the realms of thoughts is a wild realm. The realms of thoughts is wild. If we ever see the realms of thoughts, where people's minds pick up these thoughts or reject these thoughts, you wonder, what kind of world are we in? You see human beings differently. This thing called mind is, is wild. This thing called mind. Hmm. And every day, every human being in this world 
who does not have the right to, to help focus on the right things wanders through the realms of thoughts, picks this and leaves it. Picks this and And when God shows you how people make wrong decisions, you cry for humanity. How people make wrong decisions. That's why I, I, I believe God could get mad. Because it's very naked before you. How people make, and then he can show you the end of this. This is what I've planned. So if God says that if this person will be focused enough to walk on this path, this is it. And you know what happens? You see the person going here. And you want to scream and say, come back, but you can't. Why? You got your own way. You have your right to make decisions and God will not force himself on you. So we dare not to do the same. That's why the rich man was crying to, to Abraham. Can you send Lazarus back to the world and preach to my brothers so they don't land up here? And Abraham said, they are prophets who are preaching. Your brothers should be able to hear them. Lot is not going back. He wished. He wished. He wished, but there's no way. There's no way. See the person go here. So, then your heart, your heart trembles because you know the end of that road. Your heart trembles. All you could do is to pray. Help, Lord, help. But I tell you, a strong will of a person is powerful than intercessory prayer. If somebody says, this is what I want to do, you can intercede a hundred years. All the Lord will do with that prayer is to give signals and signs to the person to make up. Hey, see what is happening? No, this is no good. But if the person's will is so strong to overlook those signs, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. That's what makes church hard. Telling the truth. Some pastors will only care about the growth of the church. You understand? We have the numbers. We have the finances. Whatever you make with your will, your choice, he doesn't care. <laughs> as long as the money is flowing and the numbers are, they don't care. Yeah. It's hard. And it hurts. They don't care. When they are talking, oh, by the grace of God, we have, we have, we have 5,000 now. And every month we have about 10,000 to $20,000 coming in every week. We're doing this. We are doing this. We are seeing this project. To them, that is growth. Yeah. But to which soul is perishing among the, even in the congregation? They care less. Whatever you do with your own will, they don't care. They come and preach and they go. You should make sense from the preaching. Now you want to talk to them and you have to book. Make an appointment. Yeah. And if you know you are going to meet the, the, the pastor or whatever with, the, with an appointment, that means you can't go empty-handed at the same time. 
Because the next time we don't feel. Yeah. So realize that God will also train you, like He's still doing, to make the destinies of the people. And every day, morning, sun, to watch into the destinies and see what is happening with who. And then preach it and pray. That's why we take communion and all that. But it, it comes back to the person, you and I, what we do with our way. Jesus himself knew it. So if it's possible, let this cup run over me. Let it go. Let it go. And then he came back and said, look, I made a mistake. Not my will. Not my will. By your will. Not my will. Do you think Jesus, the first time he appointed Judas Iscariot, do you think he knew it? He knew it. When I had to make him the finance minister, the treasurer of the ministry, but he knew it. He knew it when, when he was stealing the money. He knew it. He knew it when this guy was going to sell him. He knew it. Did he ever preach to stop Judas? Did he ever preach? Did he ever try to stop him? Did he ever try? Check the scriptures. Did he ever try to stop him? Because you've been with him for three years. You've heard him say everything about the kingdom. About love. About endurance and perseverance. About the love of money. He said, you, you can't serve God and serve mammon. He knew it. Yet he was still stealing. And one day he was talking to them. He said, have I not called you 12? But one of you is a devil. He said it right through them. All these things should have let Judas think. The last day Judas left, he looked into Judas face to face after giving him the communion and said, what do you have to do? Do it quick. The guy got up and went and sold him. <laughs> he would have said, Master, no. Let this camp, let another person do this. I won't. Jesus looked straight at Judas and said, whatever you have to do, be fast about it. The Bible says, and Jesus knew the hour has come. His heart was heavy. Yeah. And then Judas came and kissed him. Say said, hi. Jew, thou betrayed me with a kiss. He didn't say anything again. After the position I gave you, no, 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 no. He didn't have time for that. He said, you betrayed me with a kiss. That's, what, that's the only thing he said. Yeah. But did Judas repent after that? Are you sure? Read your Bible well. When Judas took the 30 silver, the money, he sold Jesus for 30 silver, 30 silvers. He knew Jesus was powerful. So by the time they beat him and all that, he would do things and they would leave him. Everybody, because even when they went to meet him at the first time, he said, who are you looking for? They all fell down. So Judas knew that, ah, Jesus will save himself. And then he was watching, and the man was not talking, and they were beating him, and he said, what? No, 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 no. 
went back to the high priest and said, look, take your money. He's a wrong guy. He didn't do anything. And they said, the deal is, is done. Get out of here. So he threw the money at them. But spirits, I was just, and he was tormented by spirits. And he went and hung himself. But he was very sorry. But the Bible too has said, cursed be the person who betrays the son of God. That curse was the spirits that tormented him. So some are debating he's in heaven, some are saying he's in hell. Where am I here? It is his destiny. What I'm learning from it is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a very hard one, I'm telling you. It's not easy. It's not easy. So we are leaving, we are closing. <sighs> Try not to strike the rock twice. That's why the Bible says, once did God speak, twice did I hear. He didn't say twice did God speak. Try not to let God speak to you twice. Do you, you get it? Try to catch the thing once and then hear it. That's why we repeat messages and we play them. One time, one message, I, I had to listen to like three times or four times. Because I'm like, I don't want to miss a, 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 a letter A or B in this message I'm hearing. It wasn't my message. Yeah. I was listening. I said, wow. This thing is wild, though. This thing is wild. That's where he, God made me understand. People walk with him and want to be in a church because they want solution to their problem. Mostly, the main agenda why people go to church for solutions to their problems. Mostly. A woman once said to a pastor, I'm leaving the church. I'm here, nobody's marrying me. The men here are not enough. I'm going to wear, I'll get someone to marry. Yeah. So people have their own things. You get it. But the Lord said to me, that is not the reason why we should be in church. Because if we want to listen to our problems, we can be home and talk to the Lord. It shouldn't be a big deal. He is your father. You have the Bible with you at home. So why do you have to come to church? No. <laughs> That's why many are in their churches and they are missing the real D. They are missing. I said this before. Let me just show it to you so you know. And then we can close. Why? 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 Okay, let me just be practical. Let's be honest. Why do you come to church? Any takers in the house? Why do you why 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 do you go to church? Anybody? To what did Juliet say? Fill your spirit with what? With the word. All right. It's not because you are looking for a solution. 
will come in the feeling of the word. Of <laughs> the solution is a byproduct. I love it. I love it. The solution is just a, the main thing is to get filled with the spirit, right? To be filled with the word. But the, soli the solution side is the byproduct. It makes sense. <laughs> it, it makes sense. Christy, why do they do church? <laughs> because, what's up, buddy? Because you want to. Oh, so you can, you can stop when you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Hallelujah. Where's my wife? Why do you come to church? Because you don't want your husband to disturb you. <laughs> mm -hmm. You want to have an encounter with God. Hmm. Hmm. All right. From the NKJV, Ephesians 3. Let's start from verse 8 and here to verse 11. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 3, 8 to 11. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 11. Yes. To me, who am I? who am less than the least of all the saints. Mm. This grace was given mm -hmm. that I should preach among the Gentiles yes. the unsearchable riches of Christ mm. and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, mm. which from the beginning of the ages have been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Yes. To the intent that now this manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence hmm. through faith in him. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. TPT, please. TPT. Thank you, Lord. It's uh, Ephesians 3. Yeah. It's going to take you from 7, so seven. just start from verse 9. Verse 9. Yeah. Okay. My passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. Hmm. It was hidden from ages past until now yep. and kept a secret, a secret in the heart of God, the mm -hmm. creator of all. Mm -hmm. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic order in the heavenly realms God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. Hmm. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now hmm. we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Amen. Amen. You see why Paul was going around opening churches and starting churches, he had a passion which was to enlighten every person 
to this divine mystery. There was a reason why there was church. It's not about the, as she said, it's true. The solutions part of it is, is a byproduct. You see, Bible says, and the disciples, the apostles preached, and God confirmed the preaching with signs and wonders, byproduct. He, he has a passion as to enlighten the people because there was a mystery. And then what did he say? That the purpose was to unveil before everyone, to, before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly world realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. So God, like the kingdom said there, manifold wisdom through the church. This small, small numbers, through the church, God shows his manifold wisdom to angelic ranks in heavenly places. When we say angelic realms, both the angels on the God side and the angels on Satan's side. He shows his wisdom. The angels, up to now, don't know so much about God's wisdom. That is why they even said, what is man? Instead of who is man? The first time they ever heard God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. They said, what is man? When the angels... That's why they like churches where they have the right preaching. That the, the, the undiluted, they come in their numbers. Why? They see the many-sided wisdom of God. So imagine you being in a church where God shows to the angelic ranks his wisdom. What do you think you live with? That means... In the church, God gives you his wisdom in its totality. And do you know God's wisdom in its totality? I'll show you. Shall I show you? Hmm. So, you see, that is why people's blood have gone into this thing called church. Because it is a big deal. It's a... It's a in all several dash. It's a... Uh, I could only speak in tongues on that. Uh, hmm. Let me look for this. First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty. Start from verse twenty-seven, please. And uh, um, New King James is fine. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to, to 31. You know, save the Librecovandis. This is what I said in tongues. When, when it is handed freely to you, you don't think it's useful until you pay for it. That's the best way I can say it. Church is handed to us free, right? That's how we are doing what we do. We don't really care much. That people's blood have gone into this thing and people's sweat and people's lives. Yeah, from verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Yep. 
And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Mm -hmm. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Mm -hmm. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Uh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. All right. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Of who? Of God we are in Christ Jesus. Who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness <laughs> and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Christ has been made unto us what? Wisdom. So when I tell you that God wants to put the totality of his wisdom in you because of the church. What I'm saying is that he puts the totality of Jesus in you. The fullness of Christ is confirmed in you because of the church. Because through the church, he shows forth his wisdom. His many-sided wisdom. Not just to human beings, but to angelic realms. Do you know the power the church has? But we joke with it because it was freely given to us. But people have suffered so we can be here. When it's time for church, I don't know what goes through your mind. But it's a heavy thing. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom. God's full and diverse wisdom. Through the church. And they think open prayer. They think worship. They think whatever is a joke. They don't regard the word that is coming. People respect churches by size. I recommend a book. I have it. If already, I can send it to you. It's a book by Mary. Is it Baxter? I have the book. She, she wrote on her revelations and encounters of angels. One time, an angel came to her and said, today is Sunday. Let me take you to a church and show you what we do when we are sent to churches. So in her mind, they are going to go to a big church so that she'll see a lot of things. And she saw herself and an angel go through the clouds. And then they got to a location and the church was a tiny building. Got there and a few people. And she asked the angel, why this church? He said, you measure churches by numbers. We measure every church by the obedience to the word and to God. The obedience. So, it doesn't matter if there's a big church and they obey the Lord. He's fine with it. And then he started showing you. From the time they opened the church doors, the time this person came, what this person was doing during the church meeting, everything was detailed. And she with the angel went before the Lord and presented the report. And then she saw church in a different way. From that time, she saw church in a different way. 
It had to be that by, by that encounter. She would have like thought that, you know, no, no, no. But if you have seen how people have, look, people will be in the church and somebody who goes and shoots everybody in the church. Why do you think it's like that? The demons hate it. Because they see every day the wisdom of God and the totality of Jesus being put in the people. And he knows he has no stand in them. Let me waste them. Whatever destruction the devil will give you to avoid church, he will do it. His major fight in your life is for you to avoid the experience of the wisdom of God, which is Jesus Christ. That's why he will always come with challenges to make you doubt a lot of things. Yes. Sometimes, the, let me ask you this. Before that, let me say before I forget. Sometimes, I have received what to come and preach right from the Lord. Even as I'm coming, the devil will like, do you really have to preach it? You are going to preach to two people, three. Are you, are you serious? He will kill you of him. That guy, eh? And you know what he asked me one time? That was like just early this week or some, one, I think last week or this week. This is what he asked. And I'm going to make it a question to you. All the messages I preached and I told you, these ones, the Lord himself brought them to me. What did you do with those, those messages? Did you give it special attention? Did you replay it because it's a special one? That's why he says the Lord, the Lord himself brought it to him. How did you treat the message? So the, Lord, the devil was right. He said, you go and tell them that this, the Lord gave you this message. How many of them pay attention to that message? You're wasting your time. This is from the Satan himself. I'm not lying to you. Yeah. So when on Monday, the Lord started talking to me and said, don't write these things. One of the things he said, and he told me point blankly, he said, when I give you the message, never go down on your delivery. That's what he said to me. I'm not supposed to say it to you, but just let you see something. Because he, he also knows it when I'm being fought. <laughs> Sometimes I'm even here, and this is a message the Lord asked me to bring, and I feel like changing it. Because the atmosphere is not... And that atmosphere was not created by anybody, but the devil himself will try to, I don't know how to put it, try to make the service. You are going to check thinking, okay, this person will be here, this person will be here, so we pray this message, and you go, and then it's, it's not like that. So he crashes the realms for you, and you don't even know whether to go on to preach it or not. <laughs> and you are there. Why should you have a worship service at home? And that worship to there's no anointing in it, no presence in it, because you disobeyed God. Are you are you catching it? And so the Lord told me when He said that to me, I was already on the carpet. Yeah, He said, "Don't go weak on your delivery." As I gave it to be, He said, "Make it a joy." That's how you overcome that the devil. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> and you see the question I asked you too. You made the devil look right. The, the man of God said, ah, this message, God gave it to him directly. How did you take it? What was the attention you paid to it? How did you invest your soul into it? 
That's why I'm saying you're making the guy look right. Yeah. But have you seen the church? Apart from the part where Paul says the pillar and ground of truth. You see this church? You see what is here? God through this church, through every church that is genuinely from God, he shows his manifold wisdom to realms and ranks. Through the church. And who is the church? Ordinary human beings like us. God shows through us to the realms of angels and powers and principalities the wisdom of God. It's a big deal. That's why he has killed many so that this thing called church will not happen. He has killed many. He has destroyed a lot of lives. But those people stood and died proud in the Lord. Yeah. They died proud. When we are here singing worship songs, remember, some people who received those songs went through troubles just to receive those songs. That we freely sang them. Some have gone through wild life because of just to receive a spiritual. Because when you receive a spiritual song and you are making people sing it, you are going to make them be filled with the spirit. Well, that's what Paul said. Be filled with the spirit with what? Singing to yourselves spiritual songs. So you will fight it. That's what the devil makes these people called. Uh, gospel musicians who are stars, he puts pride in them to limit. So when they become proud, God begins to resist them. It's the devil's channel. But they, because of the feeling, they don't know how to handle. They start also feeling. They are celebrated and they're happy. And they start getting into them. And they mess their way. These are all, Bible says, we are not ignorant of his devices. You see? In my heart, knowing what the church is, and knowing the blood that has been poured, anytime I go to church and, I, and as they are doing what God wants them to do, I don't want them to close. Like, I want to be there for a long time. That has been me, honestly. I want to be there for a long time. Why do you think I tried to come here before all of you? At least to be here longer. Enjoying something people have been killed for. Given to us for free. But it's as honestly not for free. Because we too have a price to pay. And the price is presenting ourselves for the use of the law as a living sacrifice. See, I'm, we are closing. I'm done. See what people do just to maintain their husbands and their wives. You know what people go through to keep their marriage going, to keep they, they would do anything because they suffer to at least maintain a relationship, right? How much more God? Our relationship with him. Don't we care enough 
to want to do anything to hold on to our relationship with God. Hey, it's wild though. Because he also went through anything possible to hold us with his hand of love and relationship by letting Jesus come and die. He has showed you the first thing, the first commitment. Yeah. What are you showing him? What are you showing him? So when I'm preaching like this, I'm not just looking at you. I'm looking at angels and demons at the same time. Because they are hearing something that they cannot understand until it is explained like this. Yeah. So when we are ministering, we have to look beyond them, the environment. Even if it's millions of people, look beyond that. Because a, a, a realm, a ranks are paying attention. Ranks. That's why people can go to church and live with a curse. Some to go and live with blessings. Because of how receptive they were. Some live with a curse. Yeah. And the devil knows this. That's why the word will be coming and then he will be knocking some people off making the word fall on thorny uh, ground and rocky grounds and way, way, um, roadside like Jesus said. Right in the church. No, he's just checking mind. <laughs> Make this one roadside. <laughs> so the person will scream about the scream. Yeah, they go home and say, ah. What was the word? They go back to the worries of this life. And they forget. Please, let's have communion. I dare not keep you here too long. I dare not. What? What do you say? <laughs> I dare not trust the sweetest fray, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sun. All other ground. Yes, thank you. Sinking sun. Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. <laughs> Something wonderful happened. I was on the prayer line with the Christ Apostolic. That was on Tuesday and on Wednesday. I'll be there on Sunday. And what it was given to me to present to them Yesterday was even, it was a sad time. I told them, I am not on this prayer line as a guest speaker to prove to you that I'm anointed or show you that I'm a, I'm a prophet or whatever. But I've been sent to beseech you, in other words, to beg you to serve the Lord. That's all I could say. Uh, they sent me the recording for yesterday, I have it. That's what I told them. To beg you to serve the Lord. That's the best thing to ever say. You have the communion. Pray. Pray that you will not be wasted in this life. 
Because Jesus was not wasted. So if we are taking his blood and taking his body, let us be imparted with the same thing, the same grace, that we will not be wasted in this life. We will not be wasted. We will not be wasted. Nothing will waste us. We will not move from the path that the Lord wants us to walk on. Oh, send him in a suverabeyanda. Nemo Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is a thin line between failing and succeeding in Christ and in this life. But Jesus was not wasted. He was not wasted. Grant us the grace, my Lord, Friday at us, that we shall not be wasted, Lord. Oh, me no that we may attempt great things for the Lord. Me Lord seven the layadas. Manu sofer abi kash divrasto falayada. Anything that seeks to waste us, anything that seeks to limit us, whatsoever and whosoever, we overcome in the name of Jesus. Bovra ba felelo sembrek vidaidas. Let our bodies be strengthened for the work of the Lord and for the use of the Lord. Strengthen our spirits. Strengthen our souls, Lord. Strengthen us. Spirit of God, strengthen us. That we may serve the Lord and serve him well. Thank you. Nimo Sevadaya. Oh, thank you. Let us walk well with you and in you. Pleasing you every day. Pleasing you every day. Serving you every day. For the rest of our lives. Into eternity. Thank you. It is possible. To serve the Lord. And serve him well. It's possible. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take the communion, people of God. Thank you, Jesus. There is a redeemer, Jesus God's own son, precious lamb of God, Messiah. Oh, There is a redeemer, there is a redeemer, oh Jesus God's own son, he's a precious lamb. Of God, Messiah, oh, 
forgiven as your son. Oh, and your spirit to the work on earth. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, oh, my Father. Hey, forgive me. this whole thing will be done. But as it will come to an end, will a name be mentioned that you were part of the people who took the, the portion of the work to do and do it well. Because he has already given us the spirit to help us. Hmm. I pray this prayer like Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus. He says, So I kneel humbly in all before the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every, of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory, and favor unto supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. He says, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. I pray that these words will be established in your heart and in your life. That the Lord himself will take over your destiny and help you accomplish what he has purposed for you in the name of Jesus. That you will not be broken before or for any reason, but you shall be strengthened and stunned with all perseverance and with all humility and with all power and love to go through what the Lord wants you to go through. Showing his manifold wisdom to angelic ranks. And I pray that as you go out there, many will see the light of Jesus in you. That every environment you enter shall be infused with the power and presence of the Lord. I pray that he will touch your forehead, that you shall be unique amongst all in the name of Jesus. Sicknesses will not override you, overtake you. Weaknesses will not stop you and tame you. But you are rising every day like the warrior of the kingdom. Ready to win. Ready to conquer. Ready to prove that this thing is real. If the Lord be for us, who can be against us? You are going out there fearless because nobody 
can be against you. You are going out there as more than conquerors because the Lord is with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead us every day and you will help us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's take our Jude and close. Juliet has a child. Would have preferred you come and close us. Can you come and close us? All right. Thank you. We're going to read Jude 1, 24, 25. And repeat after me. Now to the one with enough power to prevent me from stumbling into sin. And bring me faultless before his glorious presence. To stand before him with a static delight. To the only God our Savior. Through our, Lord Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ, the endless glory and majesty, great power and authority, from before he created time, now and throughout all the ages of eternity. Now and all the ages of eternity. Amen. <laughs>